congrats to another edition of the Weber State Weekly Game Day Show. I am your fearless host, AC, and I'm joined by my guys, my normal partner in crime, Dustin, Chappy Chapman. Bye week, but still a big week for Weber State, absolutely. And we got a special guest today, Chappy. We got 2018 All-American Defensive Tackle, two-time Big Sky Conference champion, Felipe Sataki. What's up, guys? Excited to be here. That's right. And we got a big show today, a lot going on. We're going to be breaking down what happened in the Idaho State game last week. Weber State picking up a 2015 victory, first outright Big Sky Conference title in school history. Also going to be looking at the bye week, a lot going on with the bye week. Jay Hill had some thoughts on it as well. We'll be breaking that down. Going to be taking a look ahead to tomorrow's action, Selection Sunday. Going to be a lot going on. What's it like being part of the Weber State football team during Selection Sunday? What does the team do? We're going to be finding out. And we're going to be wrapping things up with some bracketology, taking a look at how Weber State could potentially be seated for the FCS playoffs. And we'll be looking at a fly around the sky, taking a look at some of the other big games going on in FCS football and how they could potentially impact your Weber State Wildcats. Before we get started, though, I want to remind you to subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. You can go to WeberStateWeekly.com and listen to us there. You can also find us at Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Pods, anywhere you listen to podcasts, find us. Go there, rate us, review us, and help us get into as many ears as possible. Also want to remind you that we're very active on social media, and we'd love to have you follow us. You can like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Weber State Weekly. And also want to remind you that we've recently started a Patreon. If you like and support our work that we do here at Weber State Weekly, please consider going to patreon.com and supporting what we do as we continue to bring some excellent Weber State coverage on a frequent basis. We're, I've said it before, Chappie, we're not Weber State Weekly. We're to the point where we're almost Weber State daily. We're bringing a lot of content to the people. All right. All the housework's out of the way. Let's take a look back at last week at Stewart Stadium. Big game against the team up north, the Idaho State Bengals. Weber State able to get a 2015 victory. An interception from Mark Collins on the final defensive drive of the game sealed things up for the Wildcats. Weber State improves to 5-0 on the season, wins their first outright Big Sky Conference championship, only the second time in Big Sky Conference history that a team has won four consecutive conference championships. Fellas, a lot of history at Stewart Stadium this last week. Let me get your final thoughts. Chappie, we'll start with you. Final thoughts on the the game against the Bengals. You know, it's just, it's a privilege for these guys to have won their first outright conference title. I don't think that can ever be lost on anybody. Uh, Idaho State was much improved. Uh, their their quarterback was amazing. You know, in fact, it's interesting to me. I mean, I, I really do think that Weber State kind of ran that. Looking back at the regular season, that they ran the gauntlet of of quarterbacks in the Big Sky. The only one they they didn't face is probably one that they will face in the playoffs in in Eric Berryhay. But other than that, I mean, Weber State's defense was stellar. The offense was was good. You know, they were, they were as good as they needed to be to win the game. Uh, they, they executed at key times and they came away with the victory. It, it was, it was vintage Jay Hill football is what I would like to call that. Felipe, is that what it was? Vintage Jay, Jay Hill football. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, coach Hill, he, uh, 
he's he, he gives us this and he always brings in someone special bef- before every Idaho State game and does the toe the line speech. And basically in that speech, he talks about us, Idaho State, choosing which side you're on, toeing the line and just going up, being ready for a dogfight every time we play Idaho State. And, you know, even the years that I won, I think it was my junior year was the first year we we had won the Big Sky Conference since, what was it, 2009? And that year playing Idaho State, it was a dogfight. And, you know, they might not be the cleanest wins. They not, might not be the cleanest victories, but winning the fourth one and winning it outright, I'm so jealous of the boys, but I'm happy for them. I'm happy for them. I wish I had, you know, got the, the two that I won uh, while I was there my junior and senior year, I wish those were outright championships, but uh, can't, can't take a championship for granted, but I, I'm happy for the boys. I want a t-shirt by the way, like, is there, there needs to be a t-shirt that says four time big sky champion or outright conference champion. Yeah. Just put like champs again, something, you know, like it's, it's impressive. And AC and I were kind of looking at, you know, some of the rundown. I mean, for all the history in the big sky and for all of the programs that have been dominant over the years, it's only the second time in conference history that somebody has ever won four straight conference titles. That that's amazing. And that is, that is when you start thinking about that and putting all that together, that's, it's something else. So, I mean, it's everybody's favorite annual tradition right now. Weber State football winning the big sky conference championship, but Felipe, I got to know you, you wrapped up a couple conference championships against Idaho state during your time at Weber state. And so seeing the fellas out there, yeah, celebrating hoisting the trophy at Stewart Stadium. Does that bring back any memories for you? Oh, yeah, definitely. I think, um, you know, both of them, great, great uh, memories, both championships that I was able to be a part of. But that first one, when we had just come back from, you know, the, the years before Jay was there and his first year winning only two games to um, I think it was his second year was my first year coming in and we barely had a winning season. And then finally, when we won that first one, it, the feeling of being a, a part of the team that kind of turned the tables back around for Weber State and brought us back on top, it felt great. And just seeing them continue that tradition and, and keeping us up there at the top, I, I love watching it. So a lot of history happening at Stewart Stadium. Lots of great moments, great football played at Stewart Stadium this year and really since Jay Hill took over uh, a few years ago. A lot going on. So Weber State moving to 5-0, nationally ranked four times, four consecutive, four in a row, Big Sky Conference champions. A lot going on here. And that takes us into this week, the bye week. We've broken down bye weeks before, but let's take a look back at how Weber State has done with the bye weeks throughout this season. If we recall correctly, after the first game of the season, when Weber State beat Idaho State, uh, they were supposed to be playing Cal Poly, but Cal Poly had some COVID-related issues. And so that game ended up getting postponed and later canceled. And so Weber State had a bye week in the second week of the season. Following the bye week, Dan Hawkins and company, UC Davis came into town, and Weber State won a close battle against the Aggies, 18 to 13. In the second bye week of the season, following the UC Davis game, uh, after that, NAU came into town, and we all know how that one ended up. Uh, one of the greatest moments of Weber State regular season football history, the Hail Malone, we call it. 
28-23 victory for the Wildcats. But bye weeks have seemed to be a little bit of a bugaboo for Weber State and this Jay Hill team. Felipe, you've seen this stuff firsthand. You've got insider knowledge. What's what's the deal with the bye weeks and the Wildcats? Um, you know, it's the the only one that really knows the secret behind them and and the way to beat a bye week is Coach Hill. I remember, uh, and I mentioned this before, the four years that I played at Weber State, the only team in the Big Sky Conference that we that I personally never beat was NAU. And it was every time we were coming off a of bye week. And I remember every time Coach Hill would be like, what is it? What are we doing wrong? And he would change something, whether it's the practice routine, uh, you know, what, what we did during practice, kind of the meals, the prep, all that stuff. He would change it every year to try to figure out how do we have a successful game, a victory after a bye week. And it looks like he's figured it out according to this year. So, <laughs> you know, that's pretty much, I, 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 it was hard. I'll tell you, it was hard coming off bye weeks because you would just, there were so many factors into it, but Coach Hills figured it out. Yeah, there's a lot going on with the bye weeks. Weber State, I mean, this isn't just something that's happened this year where they they came out against UC Davis and NAU and had some sluggish starts. This uh, this bye week and, and Weber State, there's a lot of history there. So there is some good to come out of a bye week. Jay Hill in his, in his uh, midweek press conference mentioned that he's hopeful that Weber State can see a few people who've been battling injuries come back in time for the playoffs. So uh, let's take a listen to what Jay Hill had to say. Well, potentially five, right? Um, we for sure, well, I think we'll get Josh Davis back. Uh, David Jones is a guy that I consider a starter just because he's on every special teams and he's so critical on so many things that we do. Uh, we should get him back as well. Um, Clay Moss should be back much healthier than he's been. He played a little bit last game, but very, very sparingly. Hiram Tapasoa is a guy we hope to get back still. Um, coming back from his elbow and knee injuries. And then defensively, uh, Noah Vallea's got a chance in the next week or two to be back with us. That would be a big one. George Tarlis has a chance to be back for next week. And then we're hoping in the next two or three weeks to get McCade Mitten back. So we're getting close on a couple of these guys. Cam Garrett's another one that got hurt in that game. I think he played one quarter in our game against Idaho State and then didn't play the rest of the game. We should get Cam Garrett back too. All right, Chappie. So I'm listening to that. If I'm a Weber State fan, that sounds pretty good. I mean, we, we kind of broke down the bad with Felipe, but then Jay Hill comes in. He says, you know what? It's a bye week. We're getting a lot of people healthy in time for the playoffs. So, Chappie, I got to know, bye week, blessing or curse? So here's the funny thing about bye weeks. Like, we we hit on it very heavily before NAU, how we had always struggled against NAU, like Felipe mentioned, and it was always coming off of a bye week. But the other thing to keep in mind is that we also always had bye weeks before the first playoff game too. <laughs> that, that's been something that's happened every single year. So um, I don't know. What do you think? I mean, what happens? Is this, is this the good bye week? I, I personally think that, yeah, I, I think during the regular season, it's a little bit of a combination of, of being mid season and getting out of sync. And then also that we seem to always play in Northern Arizona off of a bye, and it's just a tough game. Uh, the playoffs. I mean, if you remember the playoffs last year, the first playoff game against Kennesaw, 
they did not come out sluggish at all. <laughs> they came out quite the opposite of sluggish. Uh, so I'm, I'm hopeful. I think that it's going to be a good thing. I do think that it comes at the right time. I mean, uh, Jay Hill mentioned it a little bit later in this press conference, but you know, these guys have been practicing since, since January, you know, they've been going for quite a while and even, even last fall. I mean, this is, it's such a strange season. I mean, it, it's very reasonable that these guys are, are banged up at this point in the season, in my opinion. And so I think the bye week is actually going to be a really good thing at this point, just to get some rest and to get them rearing and ready to go because, you know, and, and you notice this after the Idaho state game, the celebration was definitely more business-like than it had been in years past. And Jay Hill even mentioned that in his post-game comments. And I think everybody on the team realizes that, you know, it, now it's go time. Like now the, now the season really begins, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I think that this team has had their eyes focused on, on something beyond the big sky championship. And I, I don't have any, you know, super insider knowledge or anything. I've, I've heard of the way that the players and the coaches talk, and I'm able to deduce the, that, you know, this team is looking beyond a big sky conference championship this year. And with JMU who's down North Dakota state, who's down, who knows what can happen in these FCS playoffs coming up? So, bye week, blessing or curse, you be the judge. We'll let the audience be the judge. A lot of good, a lot of bad that can potentially come out of a bye week. But according to Jay Hill, Wildcats are going to be getting healthy. So, that certainly is a good thing coming out of this bye week. So, tomorrow we've got Selection Sunday, and you can be watching that on ESPN. But a huge day for Weber State, huge day for FCS football. And I mean, Chappie and I haven't ever been a part of the Weber state football team during a selection Sunday. So Felipe, what you, you've been a part of a couple of teams that have partaken in selection Sunday festivities that have, you know, been waiting for your name to be called by the crew on ESPN heading into selection Sunday. What's the vibe around the team? Like, are, are y'all excited? Are you nervous? What, what are y'all feeling? Yeah, I, uh, I, I've been a part of, um, what was it? Three selection Sundays, I think, um, sophomore, junior and senior year. And, uh, what we do is we'll get the whole team together, uh, have a little, you know, treat snack breakfast kind of thing in the morning, um, right before uh, selection Sunday starts. And just the vibe is everyone's, everyone's anxious. They want to see, where we're going to be ranked. They want to, they want to see what the nation thinks about us. Do they think we're good? Do they think we're trash? You know, do they think that, you know, we can't do our, we can't handle business on the field and put us against, you know, the best team out there. Cause that was, that's kind of what it was like a few of my years. Um, and I remember the feeling of when, when that, when the Weber state gets announced, you see the flash of purple pop up and some, Weber State highlights, you know, come on and the whole crowd or the whole rooms is jumping up. Yeah, yeah, we're going. We made it. We're going to, you know, we got this component. And then like you see who they compared you with and they can if they compare you with someone that is might might be a, a little lesser ranked, um, you know, that they think that you're a really good team, a respectable team. If they put you with someone that's um, might be the higher ranked team in the lower bracket in the, in, in the higher part of the bracket as the lower ranked team, you kind of have a chip on your shoulder. You're like, Hey, they don't, they don't think we're as good as the rest of the nation. And it kind of either way, no matter what it is, we find a way for it to hype us up for playoffs. 
And uh, I love Selection Sunday. It's it's fun. It's a, it's a good energy and vibe to be around on Selection Sunday at Weber State with the boys. Well, and, and Felipe, your, your senior year, you guys you guys got the number two seed. I mean that that in and of itself is. I remember when I saw it, I was like, "Dang, that's wow." <laughs> We did not expect it at all. And the room just went wild straight. It was absolutely wild. Like we were sitting there, we saw number one and then we were like, okay, who's going to be number two, number three, maybe we'll be number three, maybe four, maybe more around five. All of a sudden two comes up and it's a flash of purple pops up. And before they even say we were state, the whole room's going crazy. Oh, we're number two. And it was just, it felt good to see all of the hard work that I put in freshman to my senior year and to see it kind of pay off and finally get some respect from the nation. So selection Sunday, I mean, sounds like a great time for the team. They're going to be getting, again, everybody's favorite annual tradition, right? When Weber State wins conference title and gets selected into the FCS playoffs. So everybody in Wildcat Nation should be taking a, a, a look at that tomorrow morning at 9.30 a.m. on ESPNU and watch ESPN. You can catch Selection Sunday and see where the Wildcats will be seated in the playoffs and who their potential opponents will be, which takes us into our next segment, a little bracketology for you all. So there's still a lot of things that we have to see, right? That we're going to speculate, speculate just a little bit on where Weber State is going to be seated. So I'm going to ask y'all, what is the best case scenario for this Wildcat team? And again, there's a lot of football to be played today, but as of right now, if Selection Sunday were to happen five minutes from right now, what is the absolute best case scenario for a Weber State seed in the playoffs? Chappie, we'll start with you. Best case scenario is that, and we'll, we'll, we'll little spoiler on our Pickums preview later. But best case scenario is that uh, North Dakota. Well, let's see. It's, it's that South Dakota beats North Dakota State. South Dakota State beats North Dakota State. Sorry, I don't want to offend people in the Dakotas. Don't go Lance, all right on me here. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. Um, but the, the best case scenario is that South Dakota State beats North Dakota State, and Weber State moves into one of the top two seeds by default that if South Dakota state doesn't move up into that one or two spot to me, that's maybe a little unlikely. I think maybe South Dakota state could jump them, but they have a loss. So uh, best case case scenario is that it's South Dakota state beating North Dakota state, Weber state moving into the one or the two spot. And heck if, if, if Richmond can somehow beat JMU, maybe we get the one spot. That's the best case. Felipe, what do you think is the absolute best case scenario for your alma mater in these playoffs? Honestly, the only team that I would love to see Weber State play and destroy is JMU. So whatever puts us on the same side as JMU, or maybe we just hit them up in the championship, I'd love to see us ranked one or two. Um, and of course, I'd, I'd love uh, us having that high ranking, but more than anything, I'd love to see JMU in the earlier rounds and, and kicking their butts and then seeing North Dakota state, maybe in the ship. So that's, that's kind of what I would love to see. No matter where we get placed, I, I just have something against JMU. And you know it's what? Under, I think a lot of, 
a lot of Wildcat Nation does have something against JMU, I think. So, Felipe, I, I think that your feelings are hardly unique among Wildcat Nation with that, that sentiment towards the Dukes. For me personally, I'm looking at this, and the way that with everything that we know, where Weber State came out number six in the FCS playoff committee's uh, eyes in their initial rankings, and we haven't had any rankings since prior to the SUU game, um, it, it just seems like the FCS playoff committee doesn't like Weber State. And so I I think that the best case scenario, in my opinion, would probably be the number three seed. And that's if that's probably if Weber State gets a little bit of help today uh, with, with some of the other games going on. So for me, I'm thinking probably the three seed, which is exactly where they wound up after the 2019 regular season. Let's look at the flip side, though. I mean, things don't always work out best case scenario. And I think a lot of people were surprised to see Weber State in the number six spot in the FCS playoff committee's eyes when the, when those rankings came out. And so, I mean, there's there's always the flip side to the, the good side here. What is the absolute worst case scenario for the Wildcats? Chappie, let's hear it. Worst case scenario is that, to me, is that we don't get a seed. I do think that we deserve... Regardless of the outcomes today, I think we deserve, to me, I think we're the three or the four seed. That's kind of where I think we end up landing. But worst case scenario to me uh, is that we don't get a seed and that we end up playing Eastern Washington in the first round. I, I they, they, The committee did or the, the NCAA FCS did come out earlier this week and say that they're going to avoid matchups, same conference matchups for teams only if they've played each other. So there is a chance regardless that we face Eastern Washington in the first round. And I would, I would rather see them later. They're a good team, potentially second, second round. You know, I um, going back to the bye week this week, I think Weber loses out a little bit. I wish we had, we were playing Cal Poly this week because I think the offense would have curb stomped them. <laughs> and, and I, and I think that uh, it would have been a, a confidence boost going into the first round of the playoffs. And so to me, that's the worst case scenario, but Looking at this overall, the one thing that has me nervous overall is that there's not a whole lot of regional teams to get matched up with in the West. I mean, and all the regional teams that we have are ranked really high in Eastern Washington, North Dakota, North Dakota State, South Dakota State. There's maybe Sam Houston State. Like those are all really top teams. So the concern I have is that even if we get the three or the four seed and get seated and we have home games that we're going to end up playing somebody potentially more difficult than, than who we should be playing. Felipe, what do you think are the absolute, what, what's the worst possible scenario for the Wildcats in this? Yeah, I, uh, I, I definitely agree with Chappie on this one. Having no seating is probably the worst case. I don't see us. I was sitting at the at the championship game last week, and um, sitting there with Fessy Sitake. He coached at Weber State most of my years. He's now coaching down at BYU, helping out with OC down there. He, uh, me and him, were talking about it, and and really, we don't think that Weber State will get anything lower than a four. We're thinking three or four is the lowest that we'll go um, as far as seating, just because of our reputation winning the big sky, one of the best conferences in, in the whole um, FCS. So there's no way that we should get below three or four. You know, I don't know if there's a worse seating because either way we're going to the ship. We're going to be in Texas, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with Chappie on this, on this take. 
Yeah. Well, and, and I, you know, it's funny to me, Felipe, you mentioned that. I think the big sky, in my opinion, has been disrespected this year by the national media, like watching these schools, they're, they're good, man. Like UC Davis was good. In my opinion, they, they deserve a playoff spot. They were really well coached. You know, uh, it's really easy to, and everybody, I don't know, some of the, some of the media and the, and the, 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 the social media folks have said that, Oh, Weber state just has just won close games. And I'm like, that's, that's all we've done for how many years? I mean, that is, that's what Jay Hill does. So why, what, why punish us for that? I mean, I don't know. I, I think, I think not having the Montana schools made people think that the conference was down. And my comeback to that is the Montana schools have not won or shared a conference title, either of them since at least 2013. So yes, they're great, but the rest of the conference is dang good, man. They're, they're, they're we're, to me, it's, it's, it's disrespect. I mean, it, I even put out some of you, some of you probably saw it. I put out a, a mock bracket this week that I put together and, Basically, every team, in fact, every team but Weber and JMU were all Valley teams. It's like that, that seems to be like the greatest conference in the world on par, literally on par with the SEC in the, in the minds of, of fans and media around the country. So we got we heard Felipe's take, Chappie. He says he, he doesn't care. He just wants to play JMU, and he wants to see Weber State beat JMU. Chappie, do you have a team that you would like to see Weber State play maybe in the first round? Uh, like I said, I'm, I'm nervous that we're going to get somebody that's better maybe than what we should be facing as the four seed. Uh, but if I'm picking somebody that I would like to see that I think in that scenario maybe lines up with us better, I, I think North Dakota because we know them when we played them just last season, (laughs) we played them many seasons. We're familiar with, with the coaching staff and with the team. So if we do have to, to go that route, maybe play a team that's a little bit tougher than I think we should be as the, if we are a three or four seed, um, I wouldn't mind seeing North Dakota come into Stewart stadium and play a game, especially because if wildcat fans recall the last time we played North Dakota, it was a game. I mean, North Dakota was, was great. And we, we, we won the game on a young man fumbling a kickoff and <laughs> having Weber State recover it. So it'd, it'd be a good game. I agree that North Dakota would probably be an ideal matchup. It's not a completely foreign team to Weber State. I think it's a team that's beatable for the Wildcats. And so I, I personally would think that they would be an ideal matchup for Weber State. And it's looking like every single indication out there is looking like Weber State will host at least one home playoff game in Stewart Stadium. North Dakota would be a good team for the Wildcats to host. Um, and I want to touch on something Felipe said. He said, you know, what? Well, Weber State's got a it's a big name right now, you know, and that may, might not have been the case 10 years ago or 15 years ago. But right now it's a big name. We had Sam Herder uh, from Hero Sports on our podcast a little bit earlier this year. And he said, listen, name brands, name recognition is never going to be bigger than in this spring season. And right now, Weber State certainly has that name recognition going for them. Uh, when when out-of-conference play has been eliminated and we've seen what Weber State has done in out-of-conference play in seasons past, you have to think that that's something that the playoff committee is going to take a look at, that, that Weber State is a good team with a good history. And, you know, that, that that's something that definitely needs to be taken in, into consideration. Alan, and it's not like, you know, the last playoffs – in 2019, you know, the, the big sky had what three of the final eight teams, you know, it's not like 
it's not like we haven't overperformed, you know, three of the final eight and two of the final four. Right. So I don't know. I, I know, again, I know that the brothers Montana aren't, aren't playing this year, but maybe the conference is still really good. So that takes us to today's action. There's a lot going on that could potentially impact Weber State and where they are seated in these FCS playoffs that we've been longing for since 2019. So a lot going on. We're going to fly around the sky and take a look at what's going on around the FCS nation. So starting off, a big matchup that ended up getting canceled. Stetson at Davidson was canceled, and that's big because it gives Davidson the AQ from the Pioneer League. And so that had they played that game, there would have been something to play for, a conference championship. But with the cancellation, Davidson advances out of the Pioneer League. That and takes us to – I'll go sorry, ahead. That's a big game because San Diego has won the Pioneer League like they had like a 37 game winning streak. I think that was snapped and they lost. And so uh, San Diego would have been, had they won and won the pioneer league, that would have been an excellent regional matchup for Weber state in the first round. But uh, the pioneer league being a national conference and not a regional conference, Davidson is nowhere near (laughs) Ogden, Utah. So we're not going to get the champion of the pioneer conference uh, to play in that first round. But had it been San Diego, I think that would have been a great potential first round matchup for Weber State. Barring some p- crazy out large, uh, at large, you know, playoff seating berth that, that San Diego could potentially get. I don't know. But uh, yes, it's looking like Davidson will advance out of the Pioneer League with the AQ from that conference. And that takes us to a top 25 matchup, one that very well could end up impacting Weber State. Number five, Sam Houston is on the road at number 25, Incarnate Word. Sam Houston, some people have receiving first place votes. People have Sam Houston ranked above Weber State in some polls. This is a big matchup for Wildcat Nation. Chappie, who do you think is going to win? Yeah, Sam Houston's going to win that game, but I again, I still feel that Sam Houston and the, Sam Houston State in their conferences, I think they're being overvalued in this season, in my opinion. Felipe, Sam Houston's offense putting up a lot of numbers. Who do you think is going to win this matchup between Sam Houston and the Incarnate Word? I'm with Chappie. Uh, Sam Houston's winning this one for sure. Um, but again, weak conference. <laughs> no disrespect. I don't like the, the conference that Sam Houston's in here on Weber State Weekly Game Day Show. So, Sam Houston, I, I also am going to be taking Sam Houston. They've been putting up a lot of offense down there in Texas, and uh, they, uh, they've been looking good so far this season. I, I also potentially like that matchup for the Wildcats in the playoffs. Weber State against Sam Houston. Who knows? We'll see. Moving on, we've got number 11, Richmond. Heading on the road to their in-state rivals, number one, the James Madison Dukes, who haven't played a game in the last five years, it feels like. The Spiders and the Dukes, Chappie, what do you think is going to happen? You know, this is an interesting game because it was just, you know, it was just announced last week. Like, JMU wasn't supposed to be playing a game, and then all of a sudden they are. Uh, It also came out this week, SIU's uh, AD had mentioned that they had reached out two times to JMU to play a game on in last minute notice and they were denied. So a game that JMU actually came out and was vocal about saying they wanted to schedule. Right. So we'll play any, anybody anywhere, anytime, unless, you know, 
whatever. So uh, honestly, I, I think I think there's more than meets the eye with JMU. They've been through a lot this year, man. You can't take like 12 weeks off and expect to <laughs> come out fresh. Uh, not that Richmond's been playing a ton, but uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Richmond in the upset here. Felipe Chappie's got an upset. How are you feeling about this one? Number 11 at number one. You know, I would love nothing more than an upset against this team. I, uh, <laughs> I don't, I just, I despise JMU. Um, I, I would love nothing more than, than this upset. However, I still have JMU winning this game. So our panel's split so far. Number 11, Richmond at number one, JMU. A lot of questions surrounding this JMU team, regardless of their number one ranking. So, I mean, you scroll through James Madison's social media and you'll find out real quick that not even James Madison fans are very high on this team. So there's a lot to consider with them. They had to have a fourth quarter comeback to beat Elon. Um, It seems like the only people who are really high on James Madison are the people who control the ballots. So for me, they've only played one game in about a month. I think Richmond might get James Madison here. I'm going to take Richmond in this one. And I mean, who knows how far back James Madison would fall with a loss, but that very well could bump Weber State above the Dukes. We'll find out on Selection Sunday. Next, we got number seven, Delaware, heading on the road. To Philadelphia to take on number 10, Villanova, another big matchup. And the winner could potentially, you never know what will happen, could potentially leapfrog Weber State. We've seen it happen once before this season with North Dakota. So we got the Fighting Blue Hens taking on Villanova. We'll go to Felipe first. What are you thinking? Um, With this one, Villanova, they've had, what, three, three games this year, I think? But I they're two and one. That's right. Yep. With them having, you know, little amount of games played Delaware, you know, four and oh, undefeated. I think Villanova still has the better team. I think they have the better talent. I think they're going to come out with the win on this one. Um, but this one, I feel like could, is going to be a close game and could go either way. Tappy, your thoughts. It's fun to see some of the. Uh, where you say the old school traditional FCS powerhouses kind of come back into relevance with Sam Houston State and Delaware. Uh, I'm taking Delaware just for nostalgia's sake. This is a tough one. I'll tell you, this is this is a real tough one. Villanova's had a lot of time off to this season. And I think because of that, I'm probably going to be uh, I, I'm going to be taking Delaware just because I think Villanova, uh, the two and one on the season, just had a lot of bye weeks. And I mean, watching Weber State football, I'm not a fan of bye weeks, folks. And so I'm going to I'm taking Delaware in this one. And that takes us to our national game of the week, the one that could probably have the most impact on Weber State and their seeding. Number four, South Dakota State. Jack Rabbits heading to Fargo, North Dakota in the dome against number two, North Dakota State. The Bison looking to solidify a top two seed in this FCS spring season. Felipe, big matchup, one that Wildcat Nation's going to want to keep their eyes on. How do you think this one's going to pan out? Um, there's, a, <laughs> there's been a few games. There were a few games throughout my career Um maybe two games where I felt absolutely useless. And one of them was my freshman year, second game of the season, you know, second game coming back from my mission against North Dakota state. I don't think I've ever played a better coached team, a more technically sound team. 
they, you know, they've proven it throughout the years that they know how to do everything right. Um, when it's crunch time, they know how to get it done. I'm taking North Dakota state as much as I'd love to see SDSU, um, win it, but North Dakota is winning this one. Chappie, your thoughts. Yeah. So my concern with this game is that South Dakota state wins it, but then JMU still ends up with like the four seed because of it. And that, that potentially hurts Weber state really badly. Meaning like the South Dakota state gets the two seed and, and North Dakota state gets like the four seed. So uh, selfishly, I'm, I'm going to say North Dakota state, but the backup to that is, is that I think that these schools, the Dakota schools, you know, even if North Dakota state is not the North Dakota state of years past, they are not invincible this year. Uh, the, the schools up there, North Dakota state still have their, has their number. You know, we saw it with North Dakota. They thought they were going to come in and, and, and dismantle them. And it did not happen that way. <laughs> so I, I think, I think South Dakota state, it's going to end up being the same thing. They're going to, they're still the upstart team in this. And I, I just think that North Dakota state still has the edge over these schools up there. So my thing, we, we've seen this exact, near exact same situation pan out earlier this year. Weber State was on a bye week. Number four, North Dakota State was playing number two, North Dakota. And number four won. And if we remember correctly, number four ended up leapfrogging Weber State in the rankings. I think that situation would pan out again with this. Weber State's currently ranked number three in the FCS stats poll. If South Dakota State wins this, history from this season tells us that South Dakota State would leapfrog Weber State, go to number two. And I think North Dakota State might go to number three, pushing Weber State back an extra slot. That's my fear here. And there's a, uh, there's a million different ways to look at this thing. In my eyes, I think it's best for the Wildcats if North Dakota State wins this, pushing South Dakota State back an extra spot, potentially keeping them out of the equation and keeping Weber State where they're at. So I don't I don't really see a situation where regardless who wins this, I don't see a, a situation where Weber State can move up. But I do see a situation where Weber State could potentially move down. And I think. North Dakota State's going to win. I'm picking North Dakota State. I also think that that's the best case scenario for Weber State. Jappy, do you have something? No, I completely agree with you. I think that is 100% the the danger here. Unless all chaos breaks out and, you know, and and Richmond beats JMU. And, I mean, then it's just going to be a fun Sunday and really nobody's going to know where anybody's going. And that makes it a lot more fun. So that wraps it up for the national games. Now we do have a couple of big sky games. We're not making picks on this one. We will mention it. Portland state and Montana are playing moving on Idaho at Northern Arizona final big sky game of the season. The Vandals having somewhat of a disappointing season. And we've seen some of Vandal nation They're They're feeling pretty down on the Vandals and the lumberjacks have had some interesting games, had some close games this season. So Vandals at the lumberjacks. We'll start with Felipe. You've played, uh, spent some serious time playing against Northern Arizona. You've got some sentiments built up there. Who do you think is going to win this one? Idaho or Northern Arizona? I'm picking NAU on this one. Uh, they, they got a good squad. And did you say they're playing down there, aren't they? Yes, they're down in Flagstaff. Yeah, if they're in Flagstaff, I'm picking NAU. That's one of the toughest places to play in the big sky. It's super high. 
And, uh, you know, a big D lineman like me, Polynesian, it's already hard enough for us to breathe. And then we go up there and, uh, yeah, I think, I think NAU is going to take this one for sure. Chappie final big sky game of the season. What do you think? It's so funny to me to hear that. Cause like, that's, it's like the exact same thing that teams from anywhere else coming into Utah face. And it's so weird that we face the same thing going to Flagstaff. <laughs> it always gets me. Uh, I'm with Felipe here. I think NAU wins this Idaho, I believe was down to their fourth or fifth string quarterback last week. I don't know if they're getting guys back this week, but either way they're, they're done. You know, they're, they're just, both of them are done, but Idaho has been done since, since that, that week they beat Eastern Washington the first week of the year. That was, that was the peak of their season. I feel like these two teams, I feel like they're pretty even in, in many circumstances. I feel like Idaho's got a little bit better defense. I feel like NAU's got a better quarterback situation. Plus the fact, I mean, it's in Flagstaff, which is like its own little world. Like it's kind of in the middle of nowhere. It's this cool little funky little city that's a million feet you know, in the air out elevation altitude, it's just, it's a funky place. I think that this has the makeup for a lumberjack victory though. When in doubt, I usually try to go with a team that's got the better quarterback situation. And in this case, it would be Northern Arizona. So I'm taking the Jacks as well. All right, fellas, we got a lot to look forward today, uh, forward to today. A lot of good football going on in FCS, uh, FCS nation. Hopefully Wildcat fans can sit back, try to enjoy it. Uh, last Sunday or last Saturday of the regular season, then selection Sunday, you can tune in 930 on ESPNU, see where the Wildcats going to be playing in the playoffs. Going to be a lot of fun, a lot of good action over the next 48 hours or so. So before we end up, uh, closing this show, just want to remind you once again, you can subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Go to WeberStateWeekly.com. You can listen to us there. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Pods. Please subscribe to us, rate and review and help us get in to as many ears as possible. Help grow Wildcat Nation. Also want to remind you that we are very active on social media. You can find us on Facebook. We post a lot of videos there. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Twitter is the best place to interact with the Weber State Weekly team, especially on game days at Weber State Weekly. Go find us there. Want to remind you once again, we do have a Patreon that we've recently started. If you like our work, if you support us, please go to patreon.com. Consider uh, taking a look at Weber State Weekly, what we do for Weber State University Athletics. Uh, we would certainly appreciate it. All right, fellas, we'll wrap this Weber State Weekly game day show up how we always do by saying Weber State, Weber State. Great. 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 Go Wildcats. Oh!